Good evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers and I'm your host Dorothy O'Dell. Uh, this evening I would love to bring to the stage Mr. Ian Hyatt. Welcome Ian. Awesome. Appreciate you having me tonight. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So Ian, tell our guests a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Oh uh, well I'm just a, a guy who came from basically a little bit of nothing. I was born into a very um, impoverished family, so to speak, and kind of clawed my way out of the, the gutters. And uh, I went in the military for the first uh, 15 years of my adult life, essentially, and end up uh, medically retired from the military a little, a little early, unexpectedly. And uh, I took that transition as a way to go into entrepreneurship. And I transitioned into uh, coaching with Tony Robbins uh, certifications. And I followed that up with a bunch of Grant Cardone trainings with sales and marketing. And uh, I also have a business with my wife, a photography business with my wife, and I did uh, several other ventures of real estate and uh, financial services as well, and I do some marketing for essential services online, but my main thing is just really trying to find ways uh, to help others and help myself along in life, really, and just, uh, just a regular guy trying to go out there and be the best person I can on my journey, essentially. Right. You say regular guy, but I don't know. You don't seem regular. I think we're all unique in our own way. <laughs> you know, we all have our stories um, and all things that we've been through. Um, so, so what would you say your your overcoming story would be then? Well, just to not let where you've come from stop you or anything really stop you. And so like, I feel like my whole life I've been overcoming things. Like every day I feel like I have to overcome a new obstacle. I mean, I was born into a impoverished family, like I said, and, you know, my, my father passed away when I was about five years old and left us into a very, very tough financial situation where my mother had, you know, three other children at home. They were young with me and my three sisters and she wasn't working. And, you know, all of a sudden the main person who provides for your family disappears. Right. right? What happens when you're not prepared for that? And, you know, you had, we had to overcome great obstacles of being homeless and growing up without a father and growing up in a very uh, traumatizing environment. I ended up in uh, trouble as a, in a youth and spent part of my, my, my younger uh, years in, in the juvenile detention center even. And I was told I was going to amount to nothing, really. You know, I was in a very angry, you know, my, the examples around me were, were like bad people, you know, and I kind of got sucked into the bad life and angry life and I had to overcome that because eventually I, I got a chance to where I was going through foster care systems and group homes and all these different things. And I was constantly having to overcome the challenge of trying to fit in with even a school, right? Like going to school seemed like a challenge to me because everyone else had happy families and happy, like especially going into the holidays, you expect like Christmas for a lot of people is, is a happy time, right? For me, it was always a traumatizing emotional time where I had to overcome like because I was watching people get gifts and be happy and celebrate family and I was by myself even at times homeless and uh, it's just something you have to overcome mentally. You know, a lot of the things we do in life have to come down to our mindset. Yeah. And once I realized that there was people out there that were living extraordinary lives, you know, I got the fortunate uh, opportunity in life that, you know, random, randomly someone came into my life that, you know, mentored me and convinced me that, you know, the military was a good option for me. And what that really did for me was it gave me a reason to stay in school and gave me a goal to strive for him. What I found is when I had a purpose and I was focused on other people, what I was going through didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, oh, I have a choice. Like it's it's what I decide to think about that I feel. And I started to realize I can control some of the, the pain in my life because 
that it really served me well in a lot of ways where every time I faced a challenge, I could choose to see what was going wrong and feel absolutely miserable and stuck and just chaos. And we've all been there even in moments, you know, it happens still. But if you're able just to realize that, come into a realization that you have a, a choice to, you know, shift your focus to like, okay, I can always find something right here. Right. And what happened when I got older is I realized a lot of the painful experiences of losing my father and, you know, just going through abusive situations and suffering and watching others that I love suffer greatly was that it became my greatest strength. And then when I, when I get in a moment of challenge, I'm able to realize like, okay, one day I'm going to look back at this and say, thank you. I don't know why that is today. And it, it, it hurts, right? Like it's trust me, it's hard. Even when it's like a death of a close loved one, a mother, a father, a child, even, you know, I've experienced it all. My best friend died in my arms. Like I know. And in that moment, like, there's no way you can relate that this makes sense. Like, there's no way you could, like, I'm not saying thank you for the death of my best friend. You know, right. there's no way. But in, in reality, you know, later I was grateful. I was grateful I got to have the last words. I was grateful I got to do that moment. I got that chance. The goodbyes, like, there's a lot of meaning that came with it and a lot of closure. And, you know, I was grateful later. It took me a while, but, you know, I was grateful. And that's, yeah. that's true. It holds true over and over and over again that you can always find something good just as you can find something bad. And what I found is if Absolutely. I control that, it, it made all the difference and being able to be resourceful enough to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Just going to go to the comments for one second. Um, Sherry says, hello and happy holidays. And Ken, choosing uh, choosing to choose your choice is so delectably, scrumptious, deliciously, edibly tasty good. Good. Well, welcome, Kenny, back. Uh, welcome back, Kenny. Wow. <laughs> uh, always appreciate having Kenny on the show. So thank you. And you're absolutely right. You know, when we go through the hardest things in life in the moment, I'm like, man, this really freaking sucks. But then I believe we all go through those things to help other people. Um, you know, I sat at my dad's deathbed for nine days watching the best man I knew die right in front of me. And I looked at my mom and I, and I said, there has to be a reason why we're going through this. And she goes, well, I don't know what it is. I said, well, it's to help other people. She goes, well, you can, I'm not <laughs> right now, you know? And I said, well, you know, take your time and eventually you'll get there. And uh, a year later, a year and a little bit, here we are later. And, you know, I, I believe by me sharing our, that journey as we were going through it, it helps people because I know, I know it did because I, I had people reach out to me and say, you know, thank you for sharing that. And you're, you're right. When your friend dies in your arms, it's not something that you want to be grateful for at that moment, but those lessons, those hard times give us lessons. And I believe those lessons are to help other people for sure. Eventually. Well, absolutely. What I found is that what is like life without a purpose? And then when you start to really dig down, like, you know, not like, what is your job, right? Like, why? Like, why, why beyond, like, why am I here? What is the point? Like, okay, because I want to create an impact. I want to create a difference. I want to be, like, who doesn't want to be remembered for something for greatness, right? Like, human subconscious, like, we're naturally attracted to greatness. And I feel that, you know, what is the point is, our point is to just strive to be the greatest person we can. And when are, do you feel like you're at your greatest person? For me, it's when I'm helping another person. When I help another person, I feel like the best person, right? It gives me that great feeling. Like I, I've never once helped somebody, even when it was like I had nothing much to give, but I could just give them a piece of advice or just give them a ride. They you know, like it was just a little bit of something.
but it made me still feel good. And what's the point of life if you're not going to feel good more, more than you're not, right? So when I realized that, I was like, okay, so if I just chase the help in life, it didn't matter what I was going through because I was focused on somebody else, right. that I was willing to put myself through even a greater suffering, right, for another mm. person. And you'll see Absolutely. that, especially with motherhood or fatherhood, like someone who would really like, like sacrifice themselves, their health or whatever, their wealth, anything they could for someone they love. And when you realize that, like, that's because that's what really matters, especially if you face like a really hard time with life and death. Like you realize, like, it's those key moments with people. It's that connection, that relationship related or not related. It's that those moments, those quality moments that you helped or you shared a moment with a connection that matters. And so that's what I started chasing, you know, and I just realized like, when you're doing that, you're, you're constantly overcoming battles because the more I overcame, the more I was able to give to other people. Like you said, mm -hmm. that, that, that experience made you stronger and made you wiser and made you more, you know, anticipative to what could happen so you could guide someone else now. So now Absolutely. I think of things as happening like as an excitement, like a challenge is an excitement. Like, OK, great. I'm going to get better and stronger. I'm going to grow and then I'm going to be able to give more and I'm going to feel good about it. Right. Right. You know, and um you're right. Like, especially when you lose somebody at such a young age, like you did to your dad. I mean, and of course that changes the family dynamics for sure. Um, and I know here in uh, where I live, there's a lot of homelessness and that's why, you know, I try and do it year round, but I know at Christmas time, people like to do it, do more so at Christmas time. Cause I, I think they tend to forget like when it's nice and sunny out, no one thinks about somebody sleeping on the street. So, um, you know, you're right, even in those crappy moments and the holidays are really not the best for everybody. And I, and I get that. I mean, I've lost so many people in my life that at Christmas time, sometimes it's, it can be hurt. Like, I guess hurtful is the right word, I guess. You know, you're just thinking of, I, I, tr I try not to think of what I've lost. I try to think of what I still have and, you know, make new memories. But sometimes those old memories creep up and like, yeah, you know, um, like my grandparents aren't here. My dad's not here. Half my, my I, I, almost all of my dad's family is gone. So it's, it's just like, you know, it's, it, in those moments, it, it can be a struggle. Um, and I can't imagine losing my father at age five. So, um, you know, I am so sorry that happened to you. Um, and, and then you said you had a mentor that brought you into the military. Now, how long, how long were you in the military for? Uh, just under 15 years. But yeah, that was it was a long road. Like I said, I, I moved all around and went to foster juvenile detention centers. And they found you know, eventually that I wasn't suited to be with my, my mother who was homeless anymore. And, you know, I did, essentially didn't see my mother since age 10. And then oh, she wow. passed away when I was 20. Like, uh, she actually called me when I was in the military. She found my number somehow. And like she was on her deathbed. We were able to like, forgive each other, which was great. But I never saw her from the age of 10 either. And I just moved all around and uh, part of those encounters was I ended up living with my older brother, who I didn't know he was 18 years older than me, a half brother. Turns out he was in California. My father had had a family before my mother was we were in Arizona and I was homeless. And I ended up in California living with him and his girlfriend by chance had a dad that was in the Marines. So wow. just like the surrounding, like even my brother was not the greatest example. Uh, to be honest with you, you know, so his surrounding friends were not the great examples by any means. So it was still like a, a environment of like, I had a place like kind of us living in his living room. Like I had to sleep on a sofa, you know what I mean? Like it's better than being outside. And I was back in school, uh, you know, being only 13 years old, like that's pretty critical. But 
uh, this gentleman, he stepped up and he realized like my environment was not ideal. And he kind of gave me a job and uh, had me start working for him. But in that process, he would start giving me, you know, mentorship as well and try to like convince me that there's more to life than just uh, complaining about it and just being miserable. Uh, you know, you could do something about it. Right. And that's when I realized like there was a, there was a choice, you know. And good for you for not getting sucked into the dark hole and instead deciding to use that and, and you know, to get you where to, you are today. Like not too many people can say that they've trained with Tony Robbins or, or Grant Cardone and, and things like well, that. So part of the journey, um, too, was like someone gave me a book when I was very young and it guided me. But the other part was like I felt so broken. I felt so unrelatable to humans. So like. When you're a person, like, what does you want to do? You want to be related. Like, you see people, they do the same thing, like social influence, right? Like, they all want the same phones, the same brands. So when I was a child, like, all I could see was people doing things that I couldn't do. And I felt like there was never a person I could relate to. Right? Like, when I go to school and they're talking about their friends and family and dogs and this and that, and, like, I could never relate to going home and playing video games. I didn't even have a computer. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a parents. Like, even when I was going through high school, I bought my own clothes and my own food. You know, like I didn't have a relatability. Like when I got off school, I went to work, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like I didn't go home and play video games. So it was really hard for me growing up. And then I just felt broken. I didn't feel like a human at first. That was my first journey with Tony Robbins and all these people was like, I was just finding a way to fix myself. But along that journey is what I realized is that when I fixed a lot of these problems for myself, I was in a position where I was more resourceful and wise and understanding and, you know, of my, of my self it was just awareness. So it wasn't that he taught me anything that I did probably didn't already know subconsciously or even probably like I was doing a lot of these things. I was just being aware of how I'm doing things or how I think or how my communication patterns are. What are my emotions? What do they mean? And started getting this awareness, this self-awareness and what my actions were and just to be more intentional. So a lot of people, they live in reaction. Like you wait for something to happen and then you want to produce a result. Well, you can choose. There's a select few people who choose their result in advance. And they say, well, if I do this thing, well, I'll get that result. That's just, you know, that's how it adds up. And, you know, that's what Tony Robbins thing, like success leaves clues, right? Like you can see like people who have successful habits of exercising are healthy. People who have successful habits of reading every day have more knowledge. So you're just like, okay, if I do this, I do this, I do this, it starts to add up to something. And it's just a collective of, of developing intentional actions. And that becomes a self-discipline, like the military teaches that too, right? You don't start out knowing how to be a disciplined person. They take you and they make you do things that you don't want to do every single day until you get good at doing something you don't want to do, but you can you realize you're in control and you can do it anyways. Right. And uh, it's just a skill of, of repetition at that right. point. And, you know, I, I love that you said that. They trained you to do it. So, um digressing a little bit i i have a, a family member who gets very upset because their kids don't do anything but they've never taught their children how to do it so i looked at this family member and i said you cannot be mad at your children because you didn't teach them how to do it you don't learn by learn by osmosis you didn't learn to wipe your butt just from watch just from the heck of knowing it right somebody taught you how to do that and so i'm i'm you know not that it compares anything to what you were, but I just, I don't know, for some reason, um, I just, 
had that thing where like that aha moment where, you know, we really need to teach people, like you said, if you focus on other people and you teach them how to do that, then could you imagine if we all took one and taught somebody something different, um, how different life would be? I'm just going to go in the comments for one second. Kenny says positivity is paramount and things happen when you put in the effort, no effort, nothing happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenny. So, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so many, so many parents today just like think that the kids just should know. Well, you didn't teach them. And in the society nowadays, it's we're so busy. Like we don't take the time to teach your children like our parents taught us. Well, teaching so. is not enough. I mean, how many how many people do you know that logically understand something and still don't do it? Not Here's what sure. I know that we are creatures of emotion. And motion is creative is creates emotion. So like when you, you, you go from your heart to your head and then you go to your hands, it's like a, it's like just the way the process goes. So you're going to hear something and understand it, but then you have to internalize it and get an emotional understanding of it. And the only way to do that is kind of like to imagine it, like to see it beforehand and apply it within your life or how you would, you know what I mean? And that's going to stimulate that emotion. So once you understand that, you can kind of like start to learn your thought, how to think about something. So what no one taught me is what an emotion was, right? Like no one taught me how to communicate with myself, right? They were telling me how to say the ABCs and talk to other people, but no one really taught me how to communicate with myself and what that, that there was meaning within my own thoughts and my own, my own language within my body. And that, you know, I should be listening to that and using that as, as part of my, my, my factor in life, which most people don't, they kind of just go with whatever comes and they feel like the emotions control them. But the reality is if you break it down like a thought, right, you can think of something that makes you extremely happy today and smile. You can think of something that make you love more than anything on this planet Earth, and you're going to feel that, that passion. You can think of something that you despise, and you will feel a negative emotion. So what I learned is that, okay, I can trigger emotions, right? I have a sense of control over emotions. Like, this, you know, the, the level of them, or, you know, I can start to vary the degree of thought, but there's a way of like, you have some sense of control, right? Mm -hmm. Not really fully, but you have a sense like, okay, I can think this if I think something, right? So then you can shift the gears. So if something negative happens, it creates a negative feeling. I can quickly focus again on something positive and switch back to a positive feeling. So it's not a matter of like, you're not going to have those, right? It's a matter mm -hmm. of how long are you going to spend with them? And that was a question I asked myself. And I know that was a challenge I did for, uh, I learned from like he'd give you 90 seconds. Like, do you have a rule? What is your standard? Like, military has a standard, right? They set their standard that you're going to have your hair cut this way, you're going to dress this way, you're going to do this this way, you're going to talk this way. Well, guess what? You can do the same thing in your own life. Why is it that organizations and businesses and you know they run themselves with standards and rules and regulations to make sure they're operating at the highest efficiency for performance? Yet we do not run our own mind and our own body this way. Right. And that was kind of an awareness for me, like, OK, great. So I, if I'm aware of more things, I can I can be more intentional of how I'm operating daily. How am I showing up? And before I show up to something, you know, like, do I think what's my purpose of going to it? Do I think about, you know, what is my posture? Like, how am I using my body during it? And if I, how is my body used if it's perfect or how's my body used if it's not perfect? Right. Like you'll see that there's an influence. What is my language? Right. If I'm talking positive or excitedly or I'm talking down and slow, isn't it a different feeling? 
And what is my purpose? So if I know my purpose, I know like my purpose to influence or inspire, then I need to be exciting or, you know, like, and use a good posture and use confidence versus just being down. You know, like it's just a difference. So I can be intentional by thinking ahead what my result is and then being intentional, conscious about how I'm approaching the action. And that they know that is as what presence, right? And I would say today right. presence is like a superpower because there's so yes. little of it with everyone in a hypnotic state, essentially with distractions, you know, there's always something new distracting you from one thing to another and you live in reaction, right? Yeah. So most people Absolutely. go through and it's like a chaos. You're just hoping you don't crash and there's no protection. And then you're like, I don't know why I'm scared and panicked all the time and full of anxiety, you know, because <laughs> you feel like you have zero control in life. All right. You just said so much there. Oh my gosh. Like even so growing up with parents that didn't communicate effectively either. They were married to 47 years. Don't ask me how they ended up doing it. Um, But we learned by them that there was not a whole lot of communication. So like yourself, I grew up like, I don't know how to have, I didn't know how to have a hard conversation with my spouse. I'm like, I don't know. You just buried it. Right. Until you can't bear it anymore because then you're both yelling and screaming at each other. Right. And that's like that, uh, communication. So, you know, getting the proper coaching and training to have these conversations, to be able to effectively have a communicate, uh, communicate with other people. So I like that you said that there should be a course of communication in high school for sure even before high school but for high school for sure <laughs> in yourself like did you is there an emotional intelligence course right i agree everyone understands like happy feels happy and sad feels sad and angry feels angry like everybody knows it because they experience these emotions daily whether they like it or not right but do they understand the meaning or that they can shift between them or what is the potential if you like the people who control that right Right. It's the people who learn to control that to a degree. Like you, it's not a hundred percent control. It's a balancing act. Still, you're actively, you're actively reacting on with purpose to keep yourself in a certain lane. It's like driving the car. Like you ever had a car that like, kind of pulls to the right or the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you don't like actively correct it, like you'll end up going off the road. Right. You just right. act just, like slowly making adjustments to stay between the lines as you go and, you know, navigate the turns or obstacles that come your way. Well, I look at life the same way and you can see forward with your headlights with through your imagination, right? So you imagine driving down a dark road at night, you can only see so far. Well, life is much the same. You can only see so far, but we know through experience and education today that we can look at a certain behavior or a certain action and, and anticipate what the result would be, right? Just like you can, you can look at the market today and understand like there's certain behaviors and actions that are going on and we can anticipate, you know, down or up. On the cycle so it's the same concept in life but you can you can imagine forward like okay so picture this in my mind forward a day or two or a year or whatever it is and if i did this what would happen if i start a business today what would happen in five years from now versus if i stay at the same job on that which is maybe a dead-end job what would happen for five years from now well nothing would probably change in five years from now if i stay where i am if i start a business i may or may not succeed right there's a chance i fail but there's also a chance i build something that's generational wealth or there's a chance my life changes so or maybe i meet someone that takes me but you don't know there's a lot of variables there but you can kind of anticipate the the actions of people and you live intentional like okay this is where i want to go so i i imagine this is the life i want to have and then i start to live with purpose daily and it's, it's a practice like it doesn't it just starts with one step at a time but if you start walking in the right direction right eventually you'll get there and it just, you know, eventually learn how to run or drive or, you know, fly, whatever. But you can just 
start to navigate the right way. And you're going to get there sooner than if you're just hoping that, you know, you throw paint at a wall and it turns into a picture. You know, that's how most people right. live, which is, is chaos. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, some people would rather just live in the chaos instead of trying to do something about it. Right. And, and uh, that's not who I am. I constantly try to do be the better person that I am yesterday than I am today or vice versa, whatever that goes, sorry, kind of tired right now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I love everything that you said. And wow, you know, to, from the beginning of your story to where you're at now, it's like, I can't even imagine, um, you know, going through the things that you've gone through to get to where you're at right now. So um, kudos for you, like I said, for having finding that mentor and really tapping into um, the light instead of going into the dark side of where we you could have ended up. We all go to the dark side. I definitely went to the dark side. You know, like I definitely started there. In fact, I went there so deep that I, I felt broken, but it's, you use that as a fuel. So if you actually talk to like high performers, like say Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, or like these really, really like super, super performers, Olympic champions, right? Like what do they do? They tap into that side of themselves, that side that's like you felt it before when you're in like a very extreme situation emotionally, you mm -hmm. felt that side that's like you can like you could really just take on the world if you needed to. And okay. it's a lot of like you use that anger or that emotion as a positive force or a destructive force. Mm -hmm. But when you're intentional with it, right, like it's a balance like you can go too far and you can lose control. It's very dangerous. Right. So. It, right. You even see that in some physical games, like where they'll end up getting fouls because they, they went a little too far with their, their their zone. But they learned to like control that intentional action, and that's how they were able to achieve greatness. Right. It was through intentional, intentionally understanding how to use their body and their emotions to achieve the desired result, but anticipating what the result was beforehand. So knowing what actions would make sense to know before they had to use them. That's the preparation. Mm -hmm. But it's the it's the preparation over time, so you you just don't like most people will overestimate what they're going to do in a year, and then they give up in six months because they realize they're nowhere close to it, and they're like it's not even possible, right? But yeah. they underestimate what they could do in ten years if they just stayed consistent with that action. So Absolutely. imagine if you just started reading fifteen pages a day, right? For fifteen minutes, you just read. You know, anyone can do it. You know, there's no excuse. But if you did that for 10 consecutive years, where would you be? Right. Hundreds of books yeah. later. So that just makes a difference because you don't know what you don't know. You're not going to know it if you don't ever expose yourself to it. Right. It's funny. I had this coach that said, you know, the next five years are going to go by anyways. So why don't you just each day work towards that goal that you want for the next five years anyways, which it kind of put things into perspective because you're right. I, I'm the type of person that, as a goal, go gangbusters. And then when it doesn't go as planned, sometimes I can allow that to affect me. I've gotten a heck of a lot better at it. I just now just re rewire that and just go to the next step for that goal instead of completely losing my mind. So, uh, you know, and, but I, I have to say, like, if I look back, you know, am I anywhere where I was 10 years ago? Absolutely not. Am I where I want to be? Absolutely not. But I'm a lot closer to where I want to be than where I was before. Right. So if we, and that time's going to happen anyways, if, you know, well. Yeah, and most people you talk to that have achieved a lot of uh, big success, they'll tell you that they're way further than they thought they would have been too. So a lot of times they'll tell you like, whatever your goals you think that are big are, 
you're going to end up resetting them. So because you hit the mark, what ha- like your goal is to make a million dollars, right? Right. What happens when you make the million dollars? Then you're on to the next one. Exactly. The next you're goal. you're <laughs> just going to be like, okay, a million dollars wasn't enough. That's what you're going to realize. And it was the journey that you realized, okay, I did a journey of a million, so maybe I can do a journey of 10 million, right? And you're just going to make a bigger goal again. Yeah. So it's the more it's the more of the process. And then here's what people realize that progress is happiness. Yeah. It's the progress. So it's the nonstop. So why do you think like people are making billions of dollars and they continue to put forward an effort or contribution because they realize it's the constant improvement of self and improvement mm-hmm. of other people and making a better place on the planet, like just leaving a mark or a legacy. It's this constant progress of improvement and growth. Right. Be it small or big, it's that constant movement, that constant celebration of something more that makes us feel content. And the whole point of life is to feel content. It's a balancing act of contentness, collecting of moments of happiness. We don't need to remember everything. Like there's all this data in the life. We don't have to remember it all. We just need those really good quality moments, but we need to act with intent so we can create more of them more often. Yeah. Absolutely. I love all of that. So would you say that, um, you know, because you had said one of the things you do is uh, life insurance and and different insurances and things like that. Would you say getting into that would be industry? um, The catalyst for that was losing your dad so young so that you know that other people are protected with that. Fortunately, yeah. So what I understood was I wanted to help people. And what I understood was that financing or financial impact or strain is probably like the number one cause of suicide and stress and divorce. And like most problems and stress in people's lives are tied back to a financial stress of, of some sort. So what I realized is that if I could release that in a variety of ways, I, I solved a lot of problems. So what I saw was, yes, I could help people. There was a major problem, especially in America with retirement mm-hmm. of on unprepared or uneducated or, just not taking the right actions or just bad timing of the market, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of people who are not financially prepared for the, the second phase of their life of no longer being employable. So that was a problem. Okay. So there's one thing that I'm solving there where I'm helping people get into a more educated, informed stance. Like, okay. Here's a zero risk way of building long-term wealth where you protect your family by simultaneously having something that's, you know, you could have later on in life that can build you more money. So that was one thing. Yes, for sure. And then I imagine too, like for sure, if my family had some kind of insurance that uh, what would life be like, right? Like imagine if there was a million dollars that came in, like we could have sustained and you know, it could have been a whole different scenario of less suffering for sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, in the meantime, I would imagine, but you know, you you never know until you live it. But The other thing is that I was showing people how to build money and I was learning entrepreneurial skills myself. So it was another improvement. So I see everything as just a challenge when things come my way. It's an opportunity to grow more, to overcome. So then I can have the the, the confidence to overcome the next thing, the bigger obstacle. It's always trying to take on a bigger challenge. I don't want problems to go away. I want better quality problems, right? Too much money in my bank account so it's not federally insured is a better problem than not enough to pay my mortgage this month. You know what I mean? Like there, there's always a problem there, but you, it's just which one do you want to handle, you know, and the, the better quality ones just make more sense for me. And I think that's what most people realize is like if I act with intention, I can choose the type of problems I have I get to deal with on my, my day-to-day basis. Right. Right. No, I love that. You know, it, and, that, and that's so true because um, 
one of the businesses that I was in back when I was younger, uh, they had complained, somebody had complained, then they said, oh, I got to pay taxes. And one of the coaches was like, well, that's a good problem to have because now you have made enough money that in your business that you now owe the government, you know, so that's actually a good problem to have instead right. of, you know, finding, uh, finding the silver lining instead of complaining about it, basically. <laughs> you're always going to have them. It's just which ones do you want, you know? And just kind of like okay if i do this i get a better quality problem i i guess it makes more sense to do this than to do this you know and gina agrees with this she goes that's a great problem to have <laughs> good to see you g um yes uh yeah it, it's funny you know it, you're always going to find those people that are going to complain no matter what but if you find if you like you said if you take that and um I have found that out of my 46 years, there's always been some kind of problem and it's how you go around that problem or how you get through that problem, make the solution because the next one's just going to be, like you said, at a different level. Um, we're always going to have issues and problems. So you may as well just get used to it and just, you know, work your way around it. <laughs> well, I get excited about it. In fact, I like to create them on purpose. You know, I create <laughs> the right ones, you know, like I want to anticipate I'm going to have the problem, you know, but I can, if I know I'm going to have the problem, I can start anticipating what the action for solution will be too. And then I learn like, okay, I'm in, I'm in control. If I can just focus on what I can control, then I feel better because when I focus on something I can't control and I can't con change it, that becomes a, a permanent problem where we then feel stuck. So when I'm focused on something like there's a war in another country, if I'm focused on that and it's I'm, every day I'm focused, that's my focus what can I, as a person, like, you know, I, I can't really do much, you know, I can probably protest it, or I can, I can make some noise, and I can write my congressman, or I can do, there's things I can do for sure, but is that really going to stop, right, is that really going to prevent it, can I really, you know, what are my, like, it's very limited what I can do, but what I can control is maybe, what can I do to be a solution to that, okay, there's refugees from that war, what if I start focusing on how to support them now that they lost their homes? What if I start focusing on how I can get food or aid to people? What if I start focusing on how I can be part of the solution, right? I can focus on like if people are losing their jobs. Okay, I can find ways they can get employment or, you know, like there's always something you could focus on that would be more in your control and it would be making a progress. And that's going to make you feel good, even though the problem is still the same. Yeah. But because I did something about it, at least I had some forward progress on the problem of towards the solution. I'm then going to feel a better feeling of satisfaction versus just feeling completely stuck and miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. 100%. Uh, and Gina says problems are amazing opportunities. Absolutely. And Gina is actually another one that has uh, trained with Tony and Grant. So, Awesome. Yeah, these days they've trained millions of people. And, you know, it's, it's for a good reason because they're they're taking – if you've studied who they studied, right, they studied a lot of the same people too because it goes yeah. back to that success leaves clues and you can follow the habits of people and they're following habits of people that follow habits of people. And what you realize is that there's there's a, a structural logical pattern, right, that you can – if you do these certain things, you'll get a certain result. And, and, and when I learned that, I, I loved it because then I was in control. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. I just started operating more in terms of like my, my body or my, my life as a business or a, a large organization like a military, right, where I set standards and values and I have boundaries and 
I have things that make sense to get towards the result that I desire. So I'm operating with intention. Yeah. Uh, she also says success leaves a clue or success leaves clues in a huge way. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, when you talked about mindset earlier, um, I have asked every person that has been on our power half hour show. I said, what, cause they're all business owners. I said, what is the one thing that you had to overcome to get to where you're at in business today? And every single person has said their mindset, like getting over themselves, getting their mindset right. And it's a daily thing. You know, we can we can say all we want, but I think it's a reset. Like each morning it's a reset. It, we get to choose each morning how, you know, what what mindset we're going to adapt or put on that day. Um, you know, it's not like we all wake up each morning and um, we're all cranky. But no, we have to choose to um, have that positive mindset daily, no matter what comes at us. And we're, there's always going to be things coming at us. Um, obstacles, obstacles come at us all the time. And it's what we do with it to do that. And even we had a coach on here for, on the fundamental section once. Please forgive me. I don't remember his name, um, who actually was a coach for Alexander Holyfield. And he even says daily he has to get his mind right. Um, so, I mean, if, like you said, those, those big, big name people that are out there, um, and like Tony Robbins, I'm sure each morning he's got his routine down pat that he's got to do to get his, his mindset. Right. When does a training cause his hour of power, his priming. And even before, like, it's not just in the moment in the once in the morning and once at night, like it's in the moment in preparation for what you're going to do. So, and it's also throughout the day, like I have things in my physical environment always around me, like, you know, I'm constantly reminding myself of my focus. I have all over my physical environment. I use things constantly where I can to make sure that I control my focus, because especially today, there's so many distractions of negativity. You turn on the news, there's a thousand bad things going on that are out of your control. You go outside the house and everyone wants to talk about a million more things that are going wrong that are outside your control. You get stuck in traffic and it's outside. Like there's always something going on that you can focus on. But if you control through your mind and your physical, like what you're listening to in the car while you're stuck in the traffic, right? Like there's a difference between a positive podcast or a nice audio book or maybe some really like, you know, angry music, you know, <laughs> but which one's going to put you in the mood that's going to help you be the best self in that traffic. So it, it's an, it's an intentional action of control of habit. But yeah, it's it's constant. It's not just like you take a shower once at night because you got dirty throughout the day. You got to do it constantly throughout the day. Like you got to know yourself and like feel yourself like being aware. Like do a check in. Like okay, before like if you ask, I I call it like what's my purpose before I do anything. Like what's my purpose? Okay, if my purpose is to get X result of you know whatever I'm going to a meeting, I want to get a sale. I want to get a transaction. I want to help somebody. Right. I want to know what that is beforehand. And then say, okay, so if I imagine myself doing that perfectly, what would my body be used like? What would my language be used like? And I would have be able to anticipate then going into the meeting, how should my behavior, my language, my body, and my mind, like what should I be focused on to have those behaviors? Because I know what I want to get. So if I if I know I just break it down backwards, then I can rebuild it forward, right? Mm -hmm. And then try to be intentional. Now you're not perfect, but you're just trying to be more on purpose. What I found is just by doing that, it got, got me greater results faster. Now, did it always do it right? Of course not, which is the best way because that way I learned more. Right? If I always did everything right, I would never learn anything. So 
it was just a matter of if I never stopped, I was always learning more. And then it was just like, okay, I never want to stop anyways, because it's about the journey, not the destination. It's about the progress. Right. It's just the constant improvement. It doesn't matter as long as I'm going the right direction and I'm progressing every day, getting better, even 1%, I feel good. And I, and I, I always calculate, because if you don't measure it, how are you going to know? So I say, okay, how am I better today than I was yesterday? Right. How am I better in this area than I was yesterday? How did I do better in my conversation than I did yesterday? How did I, and you look for ways that you improve because then you can celebrate yourself and, and like, what was I like 10 years ago versus today? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there improvement? Like you can always do a compare and contrast in yourself and just appreciate how far you've come and celebrate, mm-hmm. celebrate yourself sometimes too. And just, you know, create moments for yourself as well with other people. And it, once you start getting, it's just a balancing act of constant habit, habitual patterns and progress. It just becomes mm-hmm. easier. Really, everything becomes easier that way. Right. And as long as we're um, using ourselves as that measuring tool, like, you know, not comparing ourselves to other people. Because I know for years, I, decades, I used to do that. Like, well, why am I no further along than this person? You know, I we've been, we started this at the same time. And, and that is the mother of all screw ups when that happens <laughs> as long as i do better than myself the day before i'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah it's great you clarified that because yeah you, you don't have all of the measurements and the variables with another person you never will yeah. you don't have their experience or their background or their mind or the thoughts or, like there's always a variable factor that you don't even take into account or maybe even how you see or imagine the situation is that mm-hmm. really how it is right because sometimes our, our brain is a great distorter of information one person can see the same thing as a, a completely different as another person. So yeah. it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's always with yourself for sure. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a competition of self, but it's just really more just the focus on the progress, the improvement. Like, you you know, you didn't start out, you weren't born walking, right? You had to crawl, you had to learn to balance, you had to learn to run, you had to like, you had to go through the steps. Same yeah. thing with talking and same thing with everything you did in your life. You just weren't paying attention to it. But that, that progress never ends throughout life. That's our whole journey is just to constantly be getting better at whatever direction we want to go. And for me, once I realized that, it just became easy in life to the more I improved myself, the more I could help other people. And the more I helped other people, the better I felt. Right. Absolutely. Gina says, always assessing your progress, celebrate the small wins. So I have to confess that I really was not great at, at uh, celebrating my wins. I was just like, okay, I'm here now. What's next? You know, and go on to the next thing. Or were you good at, are you good at celebrating your wins? I am better now, but I mean, before it took me a while to get there. Well, you ha- no one starts out good. You know, no <laughs> one starts out good at celebrating themselves because it's awkward, <laughs> right? We're, not taught, we're taught to celebrate others and appreciate others. Right. But we're not really taught or conditioned to celebrate ourselves in many cases. I mean, unless you had a special case, but most people are taught to celebrate other people's success, you know, clap for another person. But have you ever clapped for yourself? Right. And no one teaches that. But so it's awkward at first. But it's just, right. again, so was when your first steps, they were completely awkward. You were off balance. Right. But you continued to try until you got a good a good balance and a good walk. So the same thing would happen if you start to just make an intentional like you can, you know, we have this great resource of a phone today. You can set alarms. And what if you just set an alarm twice a day? They said, hey, celebrate myself. Right. And once you did that for a couple months, like it would eventually just become something like you would feel weird if you didn't do it. Right. And I'm laughing because I can see Kimberly in the green room and she makes me celebrate and makes me re- remind myself that, hey, 
you know, that was to be celebrated. She's constantly does that to me. So that's why I'm kind of laughing. I can see her smiling in the green room. So <laughs> that that's why I had a smile on my face because she's the first one to say, um, you, uh, you do get what you just did, right? Like you do get that. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> Physical reminders are always great. Like you don't forget your environment as you live in. Like can be great for reminding. Like you can put a visual focus, like you put, like you have on your wall, right? You have mm -hmm. a positive note on your wall. When you see that, I'm sure it makes you think of something, right? Yep. You can do the same thing in your kitchen and your bathroom and in your car. Like you can use your physical environment as part of your exterior brain in the sense where it can remind you and you can, you can anticipate in advance, like the day before you can put the note on the fridge. So when you go take your lunch out for work, you'll see it and you're like, okay, what did I do great today? You know, it's just like, you just, after a while you'll do it, you'll do it, but like just, you can use these tools and resources to help kind of get you the process going. And then right. you, if you fall off the track, that's okay. Because then you can just start forward again and you'll be better at it the next time. Right. It's like any athlete, you know, they don't start making every basketball shot the first time and they don't stop once they start making it. They practice until they can't get it wrong. Most right. people will practice something until they get it right once or twice. Like, okay, I got it. Problem is you need to get rusty and you forget over time. And then you, that, that skill you're good at for a while. And then it kind of fades away. So you have to always be improving it. And you'll notice like the professional athletes and people who do things consistently great, they still, even to this day, will go back to the fundamental basics and practice them daily. I'm glad you said fundamental because that leaves us in to the next section of the show. And I'm going to bring Kimberly, the amazing Kimberly and <laughs> her guests on. So I, I was just like, that's a perfect segue. are hitchhiking on the other side of the world so ladies where are you today she's gonna jump right in i love it she's taking over dorothy it's official she's taking over <laughs> Woo! i am a happy girl go ahead go we're in the beautiful Huntley hotel here in santa monica california and yeah we're here to do the fun fundamentals yes we are <laughs> And they were complaining earlier they were cold in Santa Monica. Okay, no, no, no. So hold on. We gotta clean this up. Cause especially after the brilliance that you just you both just put into the space. I, everything you said, dude, I'm all like we're over here going, Amen, hallelujah, pass the bread basket. Like really, everything you said was brilliant and accurate. Like really. Love, we're in love with you, madly in love with you. And I, and I don't know, I'm speaking for Dorothy too, right? Um, so uh, what was the question, Dorothy? <laughs> I said, all I had said was that they were um, complaining a little bit about yeah, being cold right. in Santa Monica. And you remember, we actually said we're not complaining. Oh, that's right. They just stated that they were cold no, in Santa no, no. Monica. This is what we were doing. We were like this. <laughs> Because <laughs> we were shivering. We were shivering. Yes, we were being cold. We never complained about it. We were just being cold. I stand corrected. <laughs> Ian, where are you from? Because I don't I'm in Miami, so if I complain, everyone's gonna get mad. Right? It's, it's oh like my 70 God. degrees is the coldest day of the year. You know, I don't want to tell you that during winter. 
<laughs> you know what, though? This is not to step over, and it does live in the fundamentals. It really does live in the – and this is the fundamentals of being able to meet people exactly where they are, dealing with exactly what they're dealing with, right? So, like, it, like legit, man, right? She's from Florida, <clears throat> and uh, she's here on assignment. She's pumping it out, and she's cold, and she's tired, right? But, like, no, but, like, really, she's cold, and she's tired. And, and that's just real. Right. And there could be a cornucopia of people who will say, well, she's in San Diego. Like, seriously, she needs to get over herself. Well, that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> when we take that kind of an attitude about where somebody else is at or where we think they're at and that it's so great and so amazing, we do a disservice to each other. Right. <clears throat> so that's all I'm going to say about that. And we were very uh, clear with Dorothy. Like, we are not complaining. We know it is way colder where you are. Yeah. They were not complaining. They just yeah. were, they were shivering. And I have to say, Miss Molly is a, as another, is a fellow veteran. And so, um, yes. Yeah. Which, which is a great segue. So the fundamentals is, you know, naturally paid space and, you know, Molly is representing tonight the wonderful, amazing TCRMI. She's the executive director. So, Molly, if you'd like to share about TCRMI. Yeah. So, TCRMI was kind of birthed by our, our founder, President Greg Bicknell. Um, he, he founded it out of, like, extreme compassion and, honestly, sadness. Uh, he had been deployed, I don't even know how many times, um, but when he came back, he, in the last what, five, six years, he's lost six of his teammates to suicide. And it's a growing epidemic in our veteran community and our first responder community. And um, he quit his job that day and he started TCRMI, so the camaraderie rescue mission. And our, our goal, and not just his goal, but our goal is to, you know, get veterans who are isolating themselves, you know, kind of in that that position where you know I'm, I'm kind of I'm checking out slowly so nobody really notices we're like oh no 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 you don't get to check out that way you're gonna you're gonna find community you're going to get networks in and so what we are trying to do is provide that community provide that networking through different resources through different um, activities that speak to that particular individual so whether it's sailing or fishing or horseback riding or if it's just eating really good barbecue um, those are the things that we want to do to bring those like-minded, amazing individuals together to provide that community for them so they don't feel so alone. And our ultimate goal is to literally just eliminate veteran and first responder suicide. Awesome. I, I love that mission, and I fully agree definitely with the, the community. That, that support is so critical especially when you talk about fundamentals like the environment in which you surround yourself in is so critical of what you're experiencing and how you're feeling how you're relating right so we all want to be accepted i know i experienced that a lot when i was young i couldn't relate and i feel like a lot of people who feel lost or suicidal is because they feel unrelatable their problem is so big no one else could ever ever understand it 
and the right. suffering that they have to endure. And when you go unrelatable, then you just feel isolated, like you're unconnected. And like you said that it's so important that you get into an environment where you can connect with like-minded people. So you feel like you can understand that people face the same insecurities. People face the same self-doubt. People face the same un, you know, unimaginable things. And they find a way through supporting each other to really claw their ways up because like I said, it's a, it's a tug of war, right? Like it's a balancing act. It's like, it's not like it ever stops. Like if I stop improving positivity, like I will slowly slide into something negative for sure. Because I've experienced many things that can pull me down from my past. But if I'm always focused on the progress and the improvement, then, and being in an, I surround myself with positive people. Like if you become who you surround yourself with. So I intentionally choose people and, I have a rule, like I, I wear like no negativity bands and I tell people like, listen, if you start talking about something negative, I'm just going to say, uh-huh, and I got to go. I, I just, I mean, it's my rule. I have a standard, right? Like when you set a standard, like when the military sets a standard for a haircut, do they say, hey, you can cut it a little bit today, but not tomorrow? No, they say, you're going to cut it every day of the week for the next 365 days because that's the standard. So when you set the standard that it's important in your life to set the standard of positivity and who you surround yourself with. And I think those as fundamentals are the foundation to build upon, because if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how much you know or how great you are, you will get destroyed without that support system. I think one of the things that you, you just spoke on is that relatedness. Um, that's a huge component. A lot of times being military, whether you know your Navy, your Marine, your Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, um, it doesn't matter. You are 100% on 100% of the time because the mission never stops. And so, you know, having those other people in your community who can relate to you, the people who you know have you know gone through that same trauma, um, that have the same you know friends or the same struggle. Knowing that they have that same struggle doesn't make you feel so alone because a lot of times because we're expected to be strong all the time, we're supposed to be, you know, the heroes all the time, never falter. Um, it's, it's really hard to ask for help. And so by having these communities where people can come together and say, hey, you know, this is something I struggle with. Hey, yeah, me too. And this is this is worked for me. I know Joe over here, um, this worked for him. Hey, Joe, how, how did that work out for you? Who's your other contacts that you know, helped you through this? It's literally building a community of support amongst ourselves, which is super important because who else to relate than somebody who's experienced very, very similar you know, situations? Absolutely. Like yeah. I said, it's, the community is so critical. You know, I, don't, I don't know how anyone can do anything without it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, as you all know, we, you know, we don't have any on the show in our sponsorship spots that we don't believe in. And as Molly and the founder know, uh, Dorothy and I 100% believe in TCRMI and what they're up to. So it's been great to have you on the show with the, in that capacity. So Dorothy, I haven't even put the links out as I know you. Do. So. On screen, look below. <laughs> so, uh, um, right now, uh, 
I, I don't I didn't hear this but maybe you did say it right now if you donate through our Facebook page uh, meta is going to match your donation like you if you're a recurring sponsor in the month uh, like you sign up say you want to do donate a hundred dollars a month meta is gonna match you in your second month uh, yeah. up to a hundred up to I think it was a hundred bucks so if you yeah so if you could go to this link right now on Facebook and donate that way, so our dollars are going to be matched by Meta. Yeah. So, yeah. Double. Yeah. Double trouble. Double trouble, which is perfect because now we're going to go have some fun. And I'm excited to hear your all's fundamentals. Who'd like to go first? I will leave it to you since you're the guest. Uh, so in terms of fundamentals, you mean like my, my values or standards or whatever? Your top, so basically your top three. Um, things that like if you could only tell people three things right to um, have life be fun and easy and 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 just peaceful what would those three be uh, well probably honor and integrity within yourself and what you say you're gonna do because if you're not in line with what you want and what you say you're gonna do if your actions and your words are off you're always going to feel some sort of suffering within yourself. Also, focus on loyal love and happiness forever. So always having that constant love and happiness in your life, like focusing on the people who make you feel that constant being around them the most is going to be critical. And then also you, you want to have a constant and never-ending improvement of self. So it, it means never-ending means like it's never going to be an ending journey. And accepting that, accepting that it's a constant and never ending, it, it takes a big weight off because then you understand, like you anticipate, okay, there's no end to this. I'm going to do this always. And it's just part of, it's just a repetition thing. Like I breathe every day without thinking about it, right? My heart beats every day and I don't think about it. I blink constantly. I don't think about it. These are everyday things. So if you make your growth and your improvement of self, also that much of a priority as your heartbeat then your life will always be getting better and you always feel progress when you feel progress you'll always have some sort of happiness and if you're surrounding yourself with love and connection with people you care about you're always going to feel that support you know and if you're always in line with yourself like you're saying you're going to do something you're doing it you're not going to have even yourself i think those are my ways of staying fun and critical and just like if you're around happy you're going to feel right excitement so Beautiful. 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 And it is one, two, three, A, B, C. Fun, dumb, and Okay, girl, your turn. You know, I, I, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it to the wind and, and pick a few different ones because I've had fundamentals before, but I think you can have more than three. So it's, a, it's, it's here's the thing. It's always altered. It is. It's moment by moment. It's whatever space you're in. And this space has, um, <laughs> has me say adventure. Mm. Um, because I've learned recently, apparently I'm an adrenaline junkie. Um, <laughs> I like a little bit of spice in my life. Um, so that I would say community, uh, whether, you know, it's your, your friends community, it's your church community, your, you know, your faith community, um, or, you know, your veteran community, whatever community it is, like be deep in that. Um, and then the last thing I would say, family. Family has always been top for me. Um, I know a lot of people, they're like, hey, spend that much time with your family. Yeah, I love my family. 
they're great, they're fun, they challenge me, they also make fun of me, and I can make fun of them, and we still love each other. So, <laughs> those would be my three. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, and I love you. I got love for you, and you, and you, and Dorothy with that back to you. We love you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dorothy, we can't hear you. Okay, so much love on the screen there. Sorry, I <laughs> muted myself because I can hear back feed really bad. Uh, so I, as we're giving love, I want to give love to our sponsor of the show tonight, uh, Bonnie from Be Oily with Bonnie's. For all your detailed needs, go to www.beoilywithbonnie.com tonight and uh, definitely get all your essential oil needs done with Bonnie. Amazing lady out of Michigan. Um, but you don't have to be in Michigan to order from her. That being said, I would love to um, say, wish everybody a Merry Christmas uh, because the next time we come back, we it will be Boxing Day. And guys, we are super stoked for Boxing Day because we have the Roman Gabriel III on our show. Uh, for those of you that are into football, he was for the uh, quarterback for the Oakland Raiders back in the 80s. Amazing guy. And he's going to share um, his passion project, which is uh, sold out. So if you have any, if you have children, uh, you need to be watching this show. Uh, and if you can't see it at 7 o'clock, that's okay. There's always the replay. But I promise you, if you have a child, you need to watch this show. Um that's all I'm saying. You gotta you gotta tune in to find out more. And I just really um thank you, Gina. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I just want to thank our guests tonight for joining us and for those of you on the replay. And I really want to say thank you so much, Ian and uh Molly for being on the show tonight. And of course, the amazing and lovely Kimberly Genevieve for being on the show too. Um and Unstoppable Overcomers wants to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We'll wish you Happy New Year next week. Um, but, uh, you know, stay safe out there. Remember, if this is not the most pleasant time of the year for you, reach out to somebody. Uh, we're here for you. Um, you know, if it gets to be too bad and uh, you really go into the dark pit, call 988 if you're in the States or there is a suicide hotline um, for Canada, which I had it up, but I don't know where it is right now, but I can get that to you. Reach out to us and we'll get you the help that you need. Um, and just, you know, set no expectations only than having fun. How about that this holiday season? Um, don't put pressure on yourself. You know, if the cranberries aren't on the table, it's not a bad thing. You guys, you don't have to stress about it. Uh, just have fun with your family uh, or your friends or whomever you want to hang out with. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the season. Yeah, Dorothy, just uh, to, to put a bow on that, right? And if you have it, if you have it that you don't have anyone, go to a church, go 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 to a soup kitchen. I promise, I promise you, when you walk in the door, there will be someone that's waiting for you to be that person for them, and it will blow your mind. So I promise you, if you are in a place where it occurs. Like there's no one there for you. Simply go be there for someone else and you'll realize just how amazing you are. And that connection will be there for you. I guarantee it. You can come hitch a bitch with me <laughs> if it doesn't show up. 
okay? And we love you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to connect with Ian, all Ian's information is in the show notes. So please connect with him. Um, you know, he great guy here just sharing his heart tonight and we appreciate you. So with that, be unstoppable in all that you do and see you same time, same channel next week. Bye for now.